on today's episode of I Didn't Say That, South Carolina. I, I mean, there's nothing. Is that it? Is that your intro? <laughs> That's it. All right. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Before we get started, I'm going to do this because Max forgets all the time. Uh, but we're sponsored by Freedom First Company and their awesome shirts. So head over to freedomfirst.co. That's .co, not .com. Uh, and check them out. And if you use the promo code didn't say all one word, no apostrophe, you'll get 10% off. So go check it out. And they sell shirts of our logo. So you could be like our number one fan. There you go. Uh, and check them out on Instagram at freedomfirst.co. All right. South Carolina. South Carolina. Biden's going to win. And that's the show. I don't don't understand how he's suddenly gone up in the polls. Like, I didn't think he had a great debate. Yeah. Did he? Well, I thought it was good. I thought it was fine. I thought it was... I thought it was not terrible. Is that the the baseline? I guess here's the issue is that the bar has been set so low for Joe Biden. What I'm kind of curious about is whether what we're seeing, what we saw this winter was his polling floor. Um, and I'm kind of curious to see what South Carolina actually does because at the end of the day, you know, in South Carolina is this Saturday, the primary Biden's going to win, whether he wins by 10, 15, 20, we don't know. Polling, polling has been anywhere from Bernie's within the margin of error to Biden's at 41%. And no one else is going to be able to collect delegates. Realistically, how big of a margin does Biden need to win to have any chance of winning any state on Super Tuesday? Um, because like part of I think he's I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win states on Super Tuesday, anyways. Unless he loses, if Biden loses, this is over. I I think I think the key for Biden is is that is not so much is is isn't so much like delegates at this point. Well, it is delegates. I think the key, the thing for Biden is that he needs to make himself viable to donors because he's out of money. He's got no money. Yeah. Bloomberg has money. Bernie has money. Buttigieg has some money. And that's it. You know, um, so Biden really does need a, you know, it's his, his, Biden's game now is, is showing to, to donors that they should continue to invest in this campaign. That's the name of the game. So that's why I said, you know, it's like, yeah, I know like delegates and the, and all of that's important. But really, I mean, this whole thing is about Joe Biden needs money to compete. But it might be it might be too late to make an impact on Super Tuesday, which is why this is so interesting. I mean, the first three contests were just like he had such a bad showing. Like if he if you replaced Buddha Edge Edge with Biden, then, yeah, this South Carolina would make a lot more sense. Yep. Because he would have been so close in the other contest, but he was like non-existent. He came in fourth in New Hampshire. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, that's, that's the question. The question is is whether is whether does Biden winning by twenty points? Does Biden winning by twenty points make voters in Super Tuesday states go, "Hey, I was thinking about voting for Mayor Pete. I was thinking about voting for Amy." I was thinking about voting for Bloomberg, but at this point, they've all had their shot. 
they're not going anywhere. Let me put my vote behind Biden because we can't have Bernie be the nominee. We'll get killed by Trump. That's- but don't you also notice that all the Democrats, it's not like, oh, Bernie's terrible because of socialism. They all believe in that. It's that they they don't think he can win. It's not that they don't like what he stands for. Oh, well, yeah, of course. I mean, they I mean, how many I mean, look at the the if you go back a couple of months to the debates when there was, you know, the clown car, all 10 or 12 people up on that stage. They go, how many of you are for Medicare for all? You know, everyone raises their hand. How many of you, you know, almost everyone raises their hand. You know, how many of you are for open borders? But everyone raises their hand. Even crazier. Like you have a candidate who supports every ideal you have. And your only issue with him is that you think he can't win. Yeah, Mayor like, Pete keeps saying it. Why I mean, wouldn't you just try it? I mean, look at during the debate. Not that not that they're ever far away from each other ideologically, but Warren was hugging Bernie as hard as possible on that debate stage. She would not say a bad word about Bernie Sanders uh, on Tuesday night. And Mayor Pete does the same thing, and he does it in the way that you're explicitly talking about this. Bernie's heart's in the right place. A lot of his policies are things that we've built off, but, you know, he's not the right vessel for this message is complaint number one. And complaint number two is is that some of his policies go too far too fast. And that's the thing. They all want to get to Bernie Sanders' utopia. Bernie Sanders just wants to just burn the whole thing to the ground right now. And Mayor Pete and Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden want a slower burn. But is that their point? They're like, oh, if we just slowly burned, we'd be more electable? Well, yeah. I mean, look at what happened. I mean, do you think, well, I'm not sure that this is the best example in the world, but I mean, you know, remember, the key to getting Obamacare passed was an outright lie. One that has been acknowledged by everyone to be an outright lie, which was, if you like your plan, you can keep it. And Obamacare was designed to tear people off of their health insurance plans and get them into the private market, because without that policy, the private the, the private marketplace isn't viable because there wouldn't be enough people. So they had to they had to write the law to make sure that a bunch of plans would be ineligible, would would not basically would not count towards the Obamacare individual mandate. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, in a sense, they 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 know that what they're proposing and government takeover of one sixth of the United States economy is amply and is as radical of a solution as it gets to a problem. They all think that eventually it has to happen. Even President Obama admitted that that's, you know, that's the end goal. They all believe that that's the end goal. But they also realize that, I mean, look what Bernie had to deal with in Nevada. I mean, there are a bunch of, you know, unions who are like, hey, we fought really hard for our health insurance plans and you're going to take it away. What are you talking about? You know, it's really hard to say, go to people like, oh, hey, we're just going to get rid of your health insurance. I'm not sure that there are a ton of people out there who are happy with their health insurance, but I don't. But I don't Speaking think the unknown is of a more popular health choice. Health insurance. I think we need to discuss what riled up some of our listeners on our last episode. Oh, your plan for the government to take over prescription drug <laughs> prescription drug uh, um, research, development, and distribution. Okay, that's definitely not what I said. <laughs> 
<laughs> my issue was with the like salespeople pushing doctors and then doctors just giving out prescriptions so that they can hit numbers so that they can get kickbacks. Now, if that's, that's not, not my issue, if that's not happening, then fine, whatever. But like that shouldn't be happening. No, I think I, I, I think I think we're where we may have gone wrong. But it's not you it's not a, explaining the you had a good idea after we finished recording that I liked that we should end all foreign end aid and all foreign aid and instead use that to subsidize the research and development for drug companies so that our medicine isn't so expensive because as you were saying we subsidize good health care and we discoveries the United, for the rest of the world the united the united states citizens subsidize the cost of the low cost of prescription drugs everywhere else in the of pharmaceuticals everywhere else in the world because we pay higher prices. So yes, that was my argument. My argument thinking about it was, well, if that's the case, um, we should just end all foreign aid and be like, oh, we want to know why you don't get foreign aid. Because you're already Look getting. Look at it. how much you pay for your drugs. You don't pay anything. We pay four times that. So that's your foreign aid. Um. But we wouldn't be paying four times that because that foreign aid that's not going to foreign countries anymore would mm -hmm. instead be subsidizing for the American people. Yeah, that was that was that was that was part of the idea. And and also the thing that we don't do a really great job of being clear about is that we do like to discuss policies from and especially in cases like that, we do like to discuss policies from the perspective of, you know, this primary and what makes Bernie Sanders so popular or what makes a particular idea so popular and it is very curious I think it's something that everyone's kind of trying to figure out is that you know what is it that is right because getting Bernie Sanders on the verge of the Democrat nomination as conservatives we run the risk that the liberals media did around Trump supporters if we just say oh the kids just want socialism because they just want you know free stuff and they don't really care and they're just stupid and it's like well that's exactly what they said about Donald Trump supporters they're racist they're bigots and they're dumb and that's why they like Donald Trump and that wasn't true at all and they didn't understand the underlying issues so yep. that's that's where we're coming from. Yeah, that's that. That's that's exactly it. So we're going to toss out ideas. A lot of the times, they might be completely impractical. Um, <laughs> we're not saying we agree with that. We're not we're saying just... we agree with them. But <laughs> but I, I think this actually is what you're saying is a great segue into. Um, I'm going to say something that I'm not sure a conservative has ever said before. But I thought there was a particularly smart piece on Vox this week. Woof. Um, Ezra Klein wrote it. Oh, woof. I know, right? I can't believe I'm going here. But it was, I thought, a... What's the best way to put it? I think it was a sober analysis of how Bernie Sanders got to be popular, why he's popular, and why... Um, and how it compares to Trump and what liberals and the media missed about and continue to miss about the Trump phenomenon. Um, and he brought up, um, and basically what he talks about is that it's not the policies, 
Right. I mean, like some of it has to do with the policies, but at the end of the day, like we've discussed, like they're it's it's like the Republican primary last time, you know, like the differences in policies between the candidates are very small. You know what they always say on stage? Oh, I'm going to support any one of the nominees. Oh, what they always say is what unites us is bigger than what divides us. Exactly. Exactly. What unites us is bigger than what divides us. Um, that's a very great way of putting it, Katie. But that, that's but, Amy but that, Klobuchar. She but, says that all the time. But what separates Sanders from from the rest of them is the same thing that separated Donald Trump from the Republicans, the rest of the Republicans, the other time around, which was the rest of the Republicans were going to the elector and saying, "I understand why you're angry," and Donald Trump was saying, "I'm angry too." And that was a big part of it, is that he immediately was like, hey, I'm going to call it as I see it. And you want to know what? Things are not working around here. Things are not working. This is what I think the problem is. And this is my plan for it. And that's Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is the same way. He sees the, he sees the cost of insulin going up. He sees the fact that, you know, EpiPens are getting more and more expensive and, you know, almost unaffordable for a lot of families around the country. He sees, you know, people who are unable to afford their health insurance premiums. And he goes, this is nuts. This is nuts. The United States GDP is over $20 billion. And there are people who can't afford their their health insurance. They can't afford they can't afford to pay their bills. Like what's going on here? Who's 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 profiting from this? And there's a large segment of the population, and we repeat these statistics over and over and over and over again, and we will throughout the election, because it is very important to remember that while the economy is working for a wide mar- wide portion of the population, a large portion, maybe even the majority of the population the economy is working for right now, I would argue that it is. There is still a large group of people out there who are being left behind. And it goes back to there are 40% of the country out there who if they were hit with an unexpected $1,000 bill, they wouldn't know where that money's going to come from. That's a problem. That's a problem. And Trump's been trying to address it. And Bernie Sanders is addressing it. And the other candidates, you have to say... That they are the uh, the only other candidate I would say who seriously spoke about this was Andrew Yang, but those are the three candidates who have really put their finger on the pulse of America and gone. Things are great in this country, but we're heading in a direction that's going to be very interesting and we need to do what we can to make sure that we are putting american workers first speaking of andrew yang no no yes, we'll, go, we'll get into that fine. later let's get okay do you want to get into it now yeah what else well, let me finish up say? about bernie okay, let fine. me just finish All up right. about bernie i encourage you to read the piece on vox by ezra klein it's called um you know, the socialist policies versus the socialist ethic uh, or something like that, or Bernie Sanders' so, uh, socialist ethic. But it really was about how how the emotions and how he talks about the issues and how he connects to people is really the thing that makes him stand out because you just don't get that authenticity from the other candidates. And look, I mean, yeah, he's not filling up arenas like Donald Trump was, but still down 10 minutes down the road from us at the Whittemore Center in Durham, New Hampshire, 
He packed that place with 7,500 people. Yeah, the Strokes were playing, too. That's because it was a free concert. The Strokes, AOC, Bernie Sanders on a college campus. You know, it's it's interesting. And I'll just simply say this. I think Bernie Sanders, more likely than not, is the canary in the coal mine here. There's going to be some disciple O. Sanders... Dare I say AOC? I don't think AOC is smart enough to get elected president. But there's going to be some intelligent disciple O. Sanders that um, that like Bernie is going to make a real run at this thing. Um, and we have to, we as conservatives, have to continue down the path that Donald Trump has set forward for us of putting american workers first above all else and if we don't do that nature abhors a vacuum and that vacuum could legitimately be filled by a socialist and if you want any proof of it i kindly suggest that you look at what's going on and what has been going on in europe over the past couple of decades um okay but now on to past that. Okay. So speaking of Andrew Yang. Speaking of Andrew Yang. So. Uh, the only candidate I voted for so far this cycle. <laughs> so. I'm proud of my vote for Andrew Yang. I also. We'll touch upon this later. I want to touch upon this. But let me tell you, if you are in South Carolina and you are a Republican, it is an open primary. You can go vote in the Democrat. I'm a registered independent. So we're a registered, oh, technically undeclared. Undeclared. In, in New Hampshire. We are undeclared. Um, you can vote in whatever primary you want. If you think Bernie Sanders is the candidate that Donald Trump has the best shot of beating, go vote for Bernie Sanders. I openly encourage that. But See, continue. I am on the opposite pl- train i think you should go vote for trump and show everybody what an outpouring of support he has when he's not even contested in a primary so right there's three schools of thoughts for this <laughs> one is the katie vote your party and show that president that they have your support totally like awesome fine i i i, I don't have a problem with that the second is operation chaos which is who is the Operation Chaos? Operation Chaos. Chaos. Well, Operation Chaos Biden, is just the name that's been given to it of who who do you think that Trump would be the best? Who who do you think Trump would beat easy beat easy easily? Or you could look at it all as of them who easily. would help ensure that there's a contested convention and the party gets thrown into complete chaos. I think the vote is Bernie Sanders. Um, if you want to do Operation Chaos, and the third way of looking at it is looking at the other party and going. Well, if something goes wrong and my guy doesn't win, who would I feel most comfortable with of taking over the country? That's option three. That's the option that I went with, and that's why I voted for Andrew Yang. Because everyone who ran on the Democrat side, there's only one person that I truly felt comfortable would be able to lead this country, and it was Andrew Yang. The second one was Tulsi Gabbard, and then... I could not possibly bring myself to vote for <laughs> any of the other people. Like after them, it's just like clown I don't know. Show, maybe show. maybe Marianne Williamson. Oh no. No, 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 <laughs> At no. At least no. it would be funny. You know, but like other than Yang and Tulsi, 
you can't really look at the Democrats and go, man, they really brought some heavy hitters here. I know, I know people like, uh, anyway. Okay, can I please make my point? Make your point. God, okay. So I don't know if y'all have been paying attention to the news at all, but if you have, you haven't been able to miss the fact that uh, the coronavirus is more deadly than Ebola and we're all going to die and you have to sit in your house and never leave. So I thought you were going to talk about Andrew Yang. <laughs> hey, I'm getting there. So my point about this is a couple of things. One, this is being blown way out of proportion. What? Big time, big league. I thought you said time, like you were ending my rant. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa I'm just getting started. No, yeah. no, <laughs> I'm just getting sand, started. The Sandman's coming out for you. All right. Number two, if this is not a case study in why we don't want socialized health care, I don't know what is. Because the Chinese are letting people die because they don't give a shit about people in their country and they don't have good health care. If the coronavirus comes to America, number one, it won't spread because we know how to contain and quarantine things. And number two, very few people, if any, will die because we have the best medicine. And number three, this is basically just the flu. Like, this is not Ebola. Like, Ebola has, like, what, a 90% mortality rate or something? Well, it's awful. Yeah, maybe not nine. I think that's Marburg. But anyway, but my that's like fourth point that brings in Andrew Yang is that the stock market has tanked recently, and that's because investors don't like uncertainty, and the coronavirus has caused them to be uncertain because they watch the lamestream media instead of using their brains. So that's unfortunate. So because of this, and because of China's like lockdown on the community apples uh you know suppliers that work in wuhan and other places in china are not at full capacity they're starting to come back so apple tank has has plummeted and apple stock apple stock sorry and uh they're concerned they won't be able to get out as many products of course now tim cook is like we have factories everywhere it'll be fine yada yada but my point was that this isn't case for andrew yang why don't we just automate the whole factory robots don't get coronavirus that was my point if there we go. Case study for I getting the, robots. I think the bigger point. I think the bigger point is that to tie this all back together to prescription drugs, as I believe seventy percent of our generic drugs come are produced in China. Um, so this is going to be a, clearly a disruption of the global supply chain for for generic drugs, and uh, that's stuff that we should, like I said, maybe uh, take uh, take a couple cents from that old foreign aid jar and toss it into a. <laughs> toss it into a uh, you know a little uh, little tax break for uh, generic uh, pharmaceutical manufacturing in the United States but um, 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 yeah it I, I, yeah it's the coronavirus thing it, look so out of proportion it's blown out of proportion but once again it's the unknown you know it's scary I mean it is I'm of two minds of it one it's being blown out of proportion but two it's probably worse than what we think it is just because I don't trust anything coming out of China one it's blown out of proportion two San Francisco has declared a state of emergency for the coronavirus do you know how many cases they have zippy zero Nancy, Nancy Pelosi was zippy. just walking through Wait, Chinatown I'm not in San done. Francisco and so what are they doing 
They're just throwing money at it. Are they stopping all air travel from China? No. Are they closing their borders? No. Well, then I don't know how you're going to stop the virus because that's literally the only ways to do it. So, as usual, California, your money's being well spent. Leading the way in 80s. Meanwhile, you've got 63,000 homeless in L.A. probably getting Ebola from sitting in turds all day. So, you know. Maybe not Ebola, but they're getting, you're getting something. You're getting the plague you're from the rats. Something. Yeah, I mean, that's the other funny thing about San Francisco. I mean, you can't walk down the street without seeing needles or poopy. And and now they're like, oh, it's a state of emergency because of something that's not here. It's like, let me tell you, there are dozens of reasons why New, South, why San Francisco should be declared in constant state of emergency. <laughs> the coronavirus, surprisingly, does not make that list. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry to our listeners in San Francisco. Um but um, if you're listening to us, you probably think it's true. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, no, it's 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 being it's it's absolutely nuts. I mean, um, I am personally insulted. We're spending however many billions on this. Like, it's a waste Trump of money. Two point five billion. It's Chuck, an absolute Chuck waste Schumer of money. Media is like, that's got to be eight. It's like based on what? It's like, well, it's just too low. Also, Chuck Schumer, who's never worked a day in his life. I swear to God. I, Look up Chuck Schumer's want, resume. He's never worked a day in his life. I want life. Trump to take that $2 billion and say, great, we're closing our borders because that's how the virus is going to get in. And so we're building that wall. We're doing it fast track. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, I think, I think Rush was making that point. I, I don't know if he was the originator of it. I, but someone called in. Someone might have called in and said it, but like, if you're for open borders, you cannot possibly be taken seriously no. when it comes to coronavirus. It's it's. It, this They're like, is, if we just appointed a czar, it's like, no, that doesn't do anything. Like, this is the point that Rush has been making this whole week, and it finally clicked for me. And it's like crazy once you hear it and understand it, and then start watching the debates. Democrats only care about making you feel like they feel you. Like, oh, I understand your pain. We uh, we have a czar. Like, it's all about, like, calming your, fe- like, feelings. They don't do anything. They nope. never do anything. Listen to Elizabeth Warren. I will fight for you. I support you. Mm-hmm. I understand you. No, you don't. And you're not doing anything. Zip zero nada. It's amazing. But, I mean, that makes sense because most liberals are touchy-feely and they need that shit in their life. I don't know why they don't need solutions in their life, but, you know, I know they need that. It is what it is. It is what it is. All right. Any more points for this? Any more points to make? Any more points to make? Yeah. Um, nothing Nothing more to add on Trump. The only other thing is the New York Times article that came out this evening about um, the Democrat superdelegates that are determined to... Make sure Bernie Sanders does not become the nominee if he doesn't have a majority of delegates at the convention. Are these like the new not super delegates? I thought they got yeah, rid of the super not, delegates. Yeah, the new not super the new not super delegates. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they, I mean, this is going to be the fascinating thing: is how they're going to screw Bernie. Out of I cannot wait for this convention. It's going to be contested. People are going to freak out. They might set the place on fire. I who knows? Oh yeah, it's going to be it's going to be 1968. Yeah. It's going to be 1968 Chicago all over again. They're already planning for it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see how, um, 
how Super South Carolina would kind of already know is going to go. I think the question there is whether Bernie hits 15%. If he hits 15%, he gets statewide delegates. Steyer hits 15%, he gets statewide delegates, you know, so that, that'll make it. And then Super Tuesday, the question is, you know, how much do the Buttigieg, Klobuchar, you know, Bloomberg, Steyer voters move to Joe or another candidate? And does, you know, Warren can maintain her support or just do her people head over to Bernie? So, you know, we're going to see how it goes. But uh, I think it's time for... Trump, Trump tweet, tweet of the day, of the day. And, and ended. It was technically a little. It looks like late last night, but whatever. We did. We it's new since we podcasted, so it counts. Yeah. All right. Crazy chaotic Democrat debate last night. Fake news said Biden did well, even though he said half of our population was shot to death. That was a great line. Would be over for most. Mini Mike was weak and unsteady, but helped greatly by his many commercials, which are not supposed to be allowed during a debate. Pocahontas was mean and undisciplined, mostly aiming at Crazy Bernie and Minnie Mike. They don't know how to handle her, but I know she is a choker. Steyer was a disaster who, along with Minnie, are setting records in dollars per vote. Just give me an opponent. <laughs> also, we didn't talk about how Bloomberg basically admitted to buying the 2018 election. I got those seats. He's like, I uh, bought Pelosi. Classic. It's like, classic. yep, that's true. 100%. 100%. All right. Oh, Trump's having a rally in Charleston at 7 p.m. tomorrow night, so everyone should listen because it's going to be 7 great. 7 p.m. Eastern time. He'll probably do all his hits. All his great oh, classic yeah, yeah, hits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he's got to start trying out new material. Yeah. So let's well, see. He'll, let's do, see some what kind of new he'll mater- do some coronavirus stuff. He'll do some coronavirus stuff. He'll, he'll talk about how the stock market is going to bounce back, which, I mean, it's going to. Yep. But, yeah. We're still at record levels. <laughs> <laughs> Buy stock now. You won't regret it. I know, right? All right. Bye, y'all. See ya. See ya.